ダラッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタSatin, <laughs> organza. Quick, sew those fabrics before your machine eats them. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by the Sewing Workshop. The Sewing Workshop offers their guests the full sewing experience. They create avant-garde women's garment sewing patterns, curate a collection of fashion fabrics, and offer in-depth sewing education. Love to Sew listeners can get 25% off patterns and fabrics by going to sewingworkshop.com and using discount code love to sew at checkout. Some exclusions apply. Thanks also to Buffy for sponsoring Love to Sew. Buffy makes bedding that is super comfy and super sustainable. Buffy products are made using only renewable and recycled materials, which makes them as soft on the planet as they are on your bed. For $20 off your new favorite Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and enter promo code Love to Sew. And now on to the show. Hi, Helen. Hi, Caroline. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. Yeah, I'm feeling good today. Yeah, it's been a fun couple days. We're in the middle of batch recording, and it's very different. We don't usually do it this way, but since you moved, this is what we're doing now. Yeah, and we're traveling to each other. We're getting to hang out for multiple days at a time. It's actually been really fun. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm excited that we're spending time in my apartment because we've spent countless hours in your old apartment. Yeah, it's true. Eating, talking, meeting, <laughs> recording. Um, I'm really pumped that now we get to do that in my place. I know. You arguably have a nicer place too. So we really should have been doing it here all along. <laughs> I'm excited for summer on your patio. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> in between recordings, we'll go hang out outside, have a cocktail maybe. Sounds Things delightful. might get a little crazy. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> We'll see. Um, we'll see. It's been really fun, though. I love having you in town. Aw, thanks. Come I love being soon. here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today, we have a pretty fun episode about delicate fabrics. A delicate topic, if you will. <laughs> Ooh, it is kind of a delicate topic. I think a lot of people shy away from delicate fabrics. Yes. Also, just not sew with them very often. I don't sew with them very often. And because they're, they feel kind of special and different and maybe, you know, delicate a little delicate i, I need a hard wearing garment you know yeah. i'm clumsy <laughs> but there, i think there is a time and a place for delicate fabrics like a special occasion yeah a holiday or a wedding or a frock tails perhaps mm -hmm. something like that or even just an everyday top i'm thinking about all of the ashton tops i've made out of linen and cotton and these more durable fabrics but making one out of a silk or a chiffon or lace i mean it takes it to a whole other level yes and we're going to talk about all of that today but first we have to get to some feedback from lauren hi my name is lauren and i really enjoy your podcast i've noticed many new sewists voice concerns about how to fit properly maybe you've addressed it before but a fairly cheap tool that i've found is the easy check snap and slide tape measure 
hold on to your thread spools because it's amazing. And I honestly feel like every sewer should own one. You can measure yourself easily and accurately since the tape measure has a snap that marks your measurement. The mark stays in place when you remove the tape measure. Hashtag game changer. Lauren. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. We'll link this in the show notes for sure. We had a look at it and it seems really cool. It's exactly as she described, just marks where it was. So if you're trying to measure around your waist or your bust and, you know, it's kind of hard to get the tape in the right place mm-hmm. and then you finally do and then your hand slips and you're not sure you got to bend over to see what the measurement is. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I want to try it out too. And I'm loving the whole hold on to your thread spools thing. <laughs> I feel like I need to say that more often. <laughs> hold on to your thread spools, people. <laughs> All right. We also have a great question here from Diane. Hello, Helen and Caroline. I'm interested in using Petersham ribbon as an inside finish on an upcoming dress I'm sewing. I also understand Petersham ribbon is often used as a decorative placket and finish for sweaters, button down shirts, and also as a stabilizer and finish for waistbands. I'm wondering if either of you have used Petersham, which is not to be confused with Grain ribbon. My understanding is that Petersham is flexible and works better along curves. I love the vintage and finished look that this ribbon gives to garments. Thank you. I love this question. It's kind of amazing how there are some tools out there and materials that I don't use very often, but that really do have a lot of value and also just add a really lovely detail, something like a Peter Sham ribbon or any kind of trim that you can add to a garment to make it feel a little bit more elevated, mm-hmm. I think is really cool. Yeah. So Peter Sham ribbon is a thick, a little bit stiff, flexible corded ribbon that's woven. So once it's steamed, it will take on a curve to the fabric. It is different from Grain ribbon, although they look very similar. Grain doesn't have the ability to curve as much like along a hem and things like that. So Peter Sham is really super handy. Yeah. And if you wanted to sort of compare them, there are some photos online where you can see the difference between a Grain and a Peter Sham. They look extremely similar. The Grain ribbon has almost like a selvage to it. It's got a little line along each edge that seems to be finishing the edge of it a little bit more cleanly than the Peter Sham, which is just these cords sort of going back and forth. And it has a little bit more of a ridged edge to it. And I think that's what makes it more flexible. So if you have something in your stash and you're not sure which one it is, that is something that you can look out for. Mm-hmm. Um, but Peter Sham is great for making fabric hug the shape of your body while you're wearing it. It's great for skirts, waistlines, and pants as a waist stay in a dress. That's how I've used it in the past. You've used it as well, right? Yeah, I have. In the hand sewing class I took with Brooksanne Camper, she showed us how to hand sew in a Peter Sham ribbon into our waistband of our skirt. And that just gives it that extra stability. We've talked about how waistbands and skirts can sometimes collapse into the folds of your body, but the ribbon does help it to maintain its shape and just help it to last longer too. And a waist stay, which you just mentioned, helps your zipper to last longer. We were talking about zippers previously and probably should have talked about waist stays. We didn't mention them, but they're super handy as a way to ensure that there's not a ton of stress on your zipper. So you have a piece of ribbon that goes around your body and then hooks at the same point where the zipper is connecting as an extra level of security. Yeah. So essentially that ribbon is just a tiny bit tighter than the actual waist of the dress so that you're not putting stress on the waistline of the dress. You're really putting stress on the ribbon and it kind of saves that waistline and that zipper so that you don't have any popped uh, seams around your zipper. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really cool technique. 
Yeah, so if you can get your hands on Peter Sham and Grain and experiment with one or the other, maybe try adding it to a waistband on your next project, or you can add it into a hem to give your hem a little bit more definition, a bit more volume, a lot of fun and a very cool couture technique. Super cool. Okay, let's get on to the show because I think we're going to be talking a little bit about fabrics that you could be using for couture techniques today. Definitely. As we said, people can shy away a bit from sewing with delicate fabrics because they're a bit trickier to work with. By tricky, we mean that they tend to be a bit slippery. They can easily distort because the fabric is so fine. So it can be difficult to get your fabric cut on the grain and to get all of your pieces looking the way they're supposed to look. Delicate fabrics include organza, silk charmeuse, chiffon, rayon chalet, silk crepe. Caroline, you got any others? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of delicate fabrics. Lace can be really delicate. Something like an eyelet can be delicate. It sort of depends on the fiber content as well. Like a polyester satin will be a little bit easier to work with than a silk satin. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different factors that would make a fabric delicate. But I think it is really fun and totally doable to work with delicate fabrics. It can be a little bit more of a challenge, but that's okay. Even if you're new to sewing, it's always good to challenge yourself. That's how you're going to learn and take your sewing practice to the next level. Totally. A good gateway fabric, if you're interested in delicate fabrics, maybe you've already done this. You've sewn something with a rayon chalet or a rayon crepe. Those are thinner fabrics are more delicate, they're shifty, they're a bit more slippery. You have a lot of similar challenges, but they're a little bit easier to work with than straight up silk organza. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So today we're going to be covering a lot of the things that you should be mindful of when you're working with delicate fabrics. But to start us off, I want to hear about your own experience with working with delicate fabrics, Helen. I have a confession to make. (laughs) (laughs) I don't work with delicate fabrics very often. I'm sure a lot of sewists out there can relate to that. So I don't have a ton of experience, but prepping for this episode and talking about this is making me want to try more. I did make one of my Suki rope samples out of this beautiful, I think it was like a cotton voile batik fabric. I have to show it to you. Maybe you could identify it for me, but it's quite sheer and it was very tricky to work with, especially around that corner at the front of the robe, but I just, just love it. It's so pretty. It's like airy. It is completely weightless. You put it on, but you can't even feel it almost. Mm -hmm. And I love wearing it over jeans and a t-shirt. That's one of the ones that I made that I actually wear outside. And I do have a few more fabrics in my collection that I'm very excited to work with. So I'm hoping that around the time this episode comes out, maybe I can challenge myself to make something with some of my more delicate fabric. I have a silk voile from your shop that I have been coveting, hoarding, (laughs) saving. So maybe I will take the plunge. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't have to be complicated. I mean, if you have a fabric in your stash that's a little bit delicate that you're nervous to work with, think about making like a layering piece with it, something that's maybe a little bit looser fitting. I love the idea of doing a Suki that you can layer in the summer on top of like jeans and a t-shirt. And you can practice those perhaps more challenging techniques like a rolled hem or, you know, cutting out your fabric more strategically to work with that difficult fabric, but not necessarily taking on something that also involves fitting or lining. Mm -hmm. You can start simple. So that would be my tip for you. Oh, yeah. I love it. (laughs) Okay. What is your experience with delicate fabrics? Well, I 
Also, don't sew with delicate fabrics very often, especially in my recent sewing journey. But early on when I was in school, I actually worked a lot with delicate fabrics, a lot of silk chiffon and silk organza. I should try to dig up some photos because actually I think most of my final products were either silk organza or silk chiffon. So a lot of those little baby hems and, you know, working with fabrics that are difficult to handle and wrangle and kind of a little bit slippy. And to be honest, at the time, I think I was a little bit like naive, like I didn't realize that I was working with something that could be difficult. So I just sort of jumped in and didn't really worry too much about the fact that it might be a tougher fabric to work with. Mm -hmm. So I do feel a little bit more confident working with those fabrics. And it is important to, I think, approach it with delicate hands. And, you know, you don't want to be too heavy handed with these fabrics because they are shifty and maybe will fray easily. But if you go at it with like a soft touch and just take your time with it, it's totally doable. I mean, if I did it when I was like 18 in college, you can totally do it too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining in in your workroom, you want to have like some I don't know, some really like light ethereal piano music or maybe like some bird chirping noises. <laughs> like, can you play like a meadow sound while you delicately work with your beautiful oh chiffon? Gosh. It's so funny <laughs> that you say ethereal because my final collection, we did it as a group and our theme was ethereal. Nice. And it was a lot of flowy chiffon tank tops with these like fringy things hanging out. It was, it was a cool, cool collection. I really want to so see this. So not my style anymore. <laughs> But, you know, that's what that's what fashion school is all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so true. Okay, so let's get into how you can actually work with these fabrics. We're going to give you guys some real tips here. So first off, before you get started, you really want to pre-wash your fabric, even though it's delicate, maybe it's special, maybe it's silk, and you're scared to put it in the washing machine, you're scared to pre-wash it. But whatever method you plan to use to clean the final garment is how you should pre-wash your fabric. And if that means that you are going to be throwing it into the washer and dryer, then I think it's worth testing whether that's going to work for your fabric, even if it is a silk, say. So you can cut a little swatch and you can put it through your washer and dryer and just see what happens. Because ideally, you want these items, even though they're special, to have a place in your wardrobe and to be able to wear them regularly. Yeah. And some silks are definitely washable. We've talked about that on the show before. There are silks that are categorized as washable and you can throw them in your washing machine and not worry too much about the characteristics of them changing. I also wanted to throw in that some silks actually change in quite a beautiful way when you wash them. So I remember when I was working on a lot of silk chiffon projects, we used to actually wash our chiffon because it turned it into kind of a crinkly texture. So not so much of a a smooth surface, it sort of crinkled it all up. And we really liked the look of that. Um, So You can experiment with how you're going to wash your final garment by testing it out on some swatches and seeing if you like the way that it looks when it's washed. Because obviously, being able to wash your garment is a huge bonus. Yeah. But yeah, definitely keep in mind that those characteristics of the fabric can change. If you are planning to dry clean the item, you may want to consider dry cleaning the fabric first. 
I've never done this. Um, but I know I'm, some of our listeners have. Yes, <laughs> I know that it's definitely possible for you to bring a fabric to the dry cleaner and just be like, I want you to dry clean this and I'm going to sew it into something. Yeah. A lot of dry cleaners actually have sewing experience because they do alterations in dry cleaning shops a lot. So they'll probably get exactly what you mean. Maybe I would recommend finishing the edges before you bring it into the dry cleaner just to avoid any kind of fraying or damage. So mm-hmm. go ahead and like surge or zigzag the raw cut edge of those fabrics so that you're not losing any fabric in that washing process. Yeah, that's a really great tip. You can do that with your home washing machine as well. Yeah. And I mean, this might seem obvious, but put it on the delicate cycle. Yeah. <laughs> delicate fabrics, delicate cycle. <laughs> Definitely. And of course, hand washing is also an option. That's yes. the most delicate way that you can wash your fabric. <laughs> okay. So once your fabric's all clean and good to go, you can do other things in the preparation for cutting out your fabric. One thing is fabric stabilizer. And if you have never worked with fabric stabilizer, this might actually kind of blow you away the first time you try it. It stiffens up your fabric, making it easier to work with and easier to cut and sew. And it really can transform the fabric and then it just washes away when you're done with it. Yeah. And this can come in like a spray bottle form or like a canister form, but you can also get wash away, tear away, cut away, heat away stabilizer that comes in sort of sheets. Um, So there's lots of different options there. You can also make your own spray starch. We'll link an article in the show notes that gives instructions, but it's basically just a cornstarch and water blend that you can do yourself. So if you're into that sort of natural DIY thing, save a little bit of money, make your own. Definitely, we recommend testing this process out before applying it to your good fabric. So test it out on a small swatch to make sure that the spray starch or whatever kind of stabilizer that you're using isn't going to change the color of the fabric and then try washing it out and see what your fabric looks like afterwards to make sure that it doesn't leave any kind of residue on there especially when you're working with these delicate fabrics a lot of the time they're expensive so you want to be careful and test 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 exactly another method that we've heard of but we haven't personally tried is the gelatin method and we have another recipe for how you can make this gelatin soak so we'll put that in the show notes as well and maybe that's something you want to try for your fabric yeah i want to try that too Okay, so in terms of cutting, I want to throw in another tip here. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) Because I know that cutting delicate fabrics can feel really intimidating. And there are, there's a couple tricks that we're going to talk about today. But I think that the best trick that you can implement is going slow taking your time to lay things out properly and make sure that you have enough surface area to work on. This isn't like a cut on your carpet sort of situation. (laughs) I think like the slower you can go and the more intentional you can be with cutting, the better the results will be in the end. So layering tissue paper or muslin fabric underneath your fabric can help to prevent it from moving around. This can be really helpful, but it's not always necessary. I think like the best tool that you can have is just patience. I totally agree. And I think that a rotary cutter with delicate fabrics does work really well, at least in my experience. I know there's some diehard pin and cutters out there, and that's totally fine. But I find with lifting up the fabric with my scissors as I'm trying to cut around does kind of distort things and can make it really tricky to keep things in the position that I want them. So I love working with my rotary cutter when it comes to delicate fabrics. Yeah, definitely using a sharp blade is also important with a rotary cutter, because a lot of the time, if your blade isn't sharp enough, and you're working with a really 
thin fabric, that blade's just going to push the fabric into the cutting mat and it's not going to cut it. So make sure that you change your blade right before you cut out a really delicate fabric. If you are going to go like the scissors method, I would make sure that you use tons of pins and you want to pin along the seam allowance. So make sure that you're pinning as much as you can, as many pins as you can, but keep them within the seam allowance so that they're not damaging the fabric. Obviously, this is fabric dependent. If your fabric doesn't easily damage, but maybe it's delicate in another way, then that's fine. But try to keep it within the seam allowance. And as close as you can get to your cut line, the better, because that's going to stop the fabric from moving around too much Mm -hmm. as you lift it up with your scissors. Yeah. And after you've cut it out, if you're working with a fabric that has a really open weave, maybe that's how it's delicate, then you might want to consider finishing all the edges right away if that's an option, or maybe stay stitching, taking some preventative measures to stop those bias areas from stretching out and to stop everything from unraveling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And hand sewing is your friend with delicate fabrics, right? If you are working with something that you want to underline, for example, maybe it's a fabric that's sheer that you want to make not as sheer with some kind of a lining, hand sewing that lining on is going to give you the most control. So the more steps that you can do with your hands, the better because it's really just going to give you the control that you need. Okay, so pressing before you get started with the sewing think about your pressing situation get your iron all set up start off with a low setting for delicate fabrics some delicate fabrics can take a higher heat but we want to make sure we're starting low and slow and just testing it out and you want to use your press cloth here (laughs) even if you're sewing with silk organza you can still use your silk organza press cloth definitely to protect your fabric yes absolutely that silk organza press cloth is so handy because you can see through it so you can see the project underneath and really make sure that you're placing things the way that you want to on the ironing board. I also think if you're working with a delicate fabric that could maybe mark or stain easily, you might want to put down a layer of muslin on your ironing board because ironing boards can have some residue on them from perhaps fusible interfacing or maybe a fabric that bled a little bit on there. We all know that like discolored ironing board look. What are you talking about? Looking at you, Helen. Mine is so dirty. <laughs> but laying something down that's clean and fresh is going to be a really good bet if you're working with something that's maybe a lighter color. Yeah, that's a really great tip. Otherwise, you can press as normal. Uh, fabrics will all press differently. We know that. You need to experiment a little bit, figure out what's working, and try not to get your fingers too close to your iron with delicate fabrics. It's so tempting to get right in there because you want to have control, but you need to step away so that you don't burn yourself. <laughs> Be safe. I keep meaning to get one of those tools. I know that like Clover, I believe, sells a tool that you can use to hold your fabric in place as you're ironing so that you don't burn your fingers. Oh, like a little tweezers kind of thing. I always burn my fingers when I'm pressing fabric. Yeah. Like I always just want to get as close in there as I can with the tip of the iron. And then sometimes the steam will come out unexpectedly. And I'm like, ah. I bet um, that it would take some time to get used to using those little clamps. But it, once you got the hang of it, it would be really cool. Yeah, I think it's even just like a tool that has like something on the end that just holds down the fabric. It's just like a, it's almost like a little paddle. Oh, a paddle. Yeah. Okay. I was imagining like some, you know, kind of a hemostat kind of thing. Yeah, no, I think, well, anyways, I should look it up. Maybe we'll link some in the show notes if we can find them. But I want to get my hands on one of those tools. <laughs> <laughs> This 
episode is brought to you by The Sewing Workshop. The Sewing Workshop founder and acclaimed sewing expert and past guest Linda Lee designs inspired avant-garde women's garment patterns for beginner to advanced sewists. Beyond the patterns, The Sewing Workshop also curates a large fashion fabric collection of cottons, knits, wools, silks, and more. They have a fabric for every project and every occasion. The Sewing Workshop is dedicated to sewing education and they have released their signature educational series, So Confident, for nine years. This year, the format has changed to a monthly digital magazine, which includes step-by-step monthly tutorials, four exclusive digital patterns, and so much more. If you are interested in experimenting with delicate fabrics, like we're talking about in this episode, you should check out the So Confident Fabric Focus tutorials. They have individual tutorials on everything from sewing with silk and velvet to open work fabrics and fashion knits. Love to Sew listeners can get 25% off patterns and fabrics by going to sewingworkshop.com and using discount code love to sew at checkout. That's sewingworkshop.com, discount code love to sew at checkout. Some exclusions apply. All right. What about the sewing? Ah, the sewing part. The part that should be fun and soothing, but with delicate fabrics. Maybe not. Very anxiety (laughs) inducing. (laughs) Okay. Well, the first thing you want to think about is your needle. Obviously, we recommend changing your needle on your sewing machine between every project. Do you do that, Helen? No, but... (laughs) I've heard that's good. <laughs> no, they say eight hours per project. I tend to just change my needle when I notice that it needs to be changed. And I've gotten accustomed to what that looks like and feels like and sounds like. Or if you're changing like fabrics. significantly changing fabrics. Yes. Yeah, so if you go from like a woven to a knit yeah. or like a lightweight to a really heavyweight fabric. Yeah. I do change often though, yeah. I will say. I just don't really have a designated method for when I do it. Yeah. But I change often and I know a lot of beginner sewists, it's a thing where you buy your machine, you start making projects, and then, you know, three months in, you're still using the machine that came or the needle that came with the machine. Time for a new needle. (laughs) Time to educate yourself about needles. It's a game changer. Yeah. If there's a time for changing your needle, it's with delicate fabrics. And that goes for a serger too. If you have needles in your serger that you've been using for a really long time. A lot of the time sergers come with ballpoint needles in them already. You want to change out your needles to a nice fine needle. Mm-hmm. Um, some sergers, keep in mind, have a different size or different length of needles. So you might need to buy a serger specific fine needle, but look out for that because that can also create pulls in your fabric or holes in your fabric if you're not using a nice sharp needle. Yes. So for example, for a delicate chiffon, a needle size of 60 slash 8 is a great option. It's super fine, which will be great for this kind of fabric. Also, microtex needles. Keep your eye out for the word microtex. Those are super fine needles. The lower the number, the finer the needle. So just go for something low. Yeah. And again, test, 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 right? Take a couple layers of that fabric, run them through your machine with the settings and the needle that you've picked out and make sure that it looks good because sometimes needles can do weird things. I know when I was working with some delicate fabrics on my brand new Bernina years ago, my stitches were doing a weird thing where they were almost like at the diagonal because the fabric was so fine. They were sort of not running straight. They were running slightly askew. And it was just a question of playing around with the tension and changing out my needle to make sure that those stitches look really beautiful and straight. Mm -hmm. So 
play around with it and make sure that that stitch line looks the way that you want it to before you jump into your project. Yes, I love that you mentioned double layer fabric for testing your needle. I've noticed in classes and workshops that oftentimes when I say, okay, test the test your machine, test your fabric, people go in there with a single layer. And that's almost never what's happening when you're sewing, you're always going to have two or more layers. So it's great to test your tension with two layers put together, never on a single layer. Definitely. (laughs) So for feet, you want to consider using a walking foot or a Teflon foot. I actually used a Teflon foot quite a bit when I was in school. Teflon feet are also really great for sewing with leather because they help to glide that leather through the machine, but they're really, really good for lightweight, delicate fabrics as well. A walking foot is even better than a Teflon foot because the walking foot helps both layers of fabric move under the needle at the same time, which can be really useful with slippery fabric. The Teflon foot is still useful though because it will help the fabric to move nicely underneath the presser foot if you do not have a walking foot. Tape at the bottom of your foot also works really well. Like a piece of clear scotch tape. Yeah, so you don't necessarily have to invest in a new foot for this. And for hemming, a rolled hem or narrow hem foot is really handy. You can also do a rolled hem by hand if you really want to get into that whole slow sewing thing. Rolled hems by hand are so satisfying. They're kind of magical. You put all the stitches in there and then you sort of zip it up. You pull your thread tight and it's like... Yeah. And everything just rolls and comes together. We'll put a video in the show notes. Uh, Definitely recommend just at least doing it on a scrap just to familiarize yourself with the process because it is super fun. I would also argue that a rolled hem foot is pretty fun and magical to use. When you get the hang of it, it can be a little bit tough to get started with a rolled hem foot because basically what you're doing is you have to guide the fabric into the foot because the foot is what's rolling the fabric under and then your needle is going through at the back as the foot is rolling your fabric for you. So it's creating that really narrow baby hem for you. But when it works, it is so cool and so satisfying and so professional looking. Yeah. So if you can get your hands on a narrow or like a rolled hem foot, try it out because yeah. it's pretty cool. We talked in our serger episode also about how you can use your serger to do more delicate techniques. You don't have to have all four threads working at once. A lot of sergers you can even modify to have only one top thread and one looper working to make like a very baby narrow hem. And if you use like a metallic thread or something, that can be an accent and then you don't have to hem at all. Definitely. Yeah. You want to just, I think, think about the fabric, right? What is the fabric going to want to do? Is it going to want to have a serger finish at the bottom or some kind of like a cool, I don't know, technique happening with the hem? Or do you want it to just kind of be invisible and, you know, something that just sort of blends in? Yeah, especially if it's sheer. Yeah. Yes. I know. I know. So cool. (laughs) (laughs) Just take a moment to envision. (laughs) Just imagine it. You also definitely want to use ultra fine pins made for silk or lace when working with delicate fabrics. So um, I've seen clover silk pins. Those ones have the little red and white heads to them. They're also glass head a lot of the time so that you're not worrying about burning that pin end. I also have seen dritz 
They make a really nice ultra fine pin, which is perfect for lightweight fabrics, bends really easily if you try to use it on a heavier fabric, but it's a really great thing to have around if you work with delicate fabrics often. Uh, you definitely want to don't want to stick like a big honking pin into your delicate fabric because no. it's going to make a hole. It will make a hole. It could even tear the fabric and then you can have things starting to unravel yeah. and holes starting to happen. So use a nice delicate pin. And as far as pinning the fabric goes, try pinning parallel instead of perpendicular. So instead of your pins pointing in towards your garment or out, if that's your jam, you want to pin along your seam line like Caroline was talking about earlier. So you're not poking holes in your fabric. Yeah. And you can just have your pins either on your seam line or just outside of it so that, yeah, you're not impacting the garment at all. Definitely. A straight stitch throat plate can also help when you're sewing with delicate fabrics. So if your machine can accommodate that, or maybe it has one already, that's a really great tool to avoid the dreaded fabric being sucked into your machine. (laughs) I didn't realize I had a straight stitch option or a straight stitch throat plate option on my machine until I went and looked and there it was. It was just a matter of picking up that throat plate, turning it around, and then you have a straight stitch option, which was really great. Caveat, remember if you did turn it around because then you'll set your machine to zigzag and break a needle. In my case, repeatedly because you just don't understand what's wrong. (laughs) Just put another needle in there and Why did it, it breaks. Break? Put another needle in there. <laughs> oh, man. That's really funny. My machine does not have that, but I think that's really cool. I wonder if it's a specific to vintage machines. Yeah, maybe an older an older style of machine. Mm-hmm. That was on my Sears Kenmore. So if anyone out there also has a Kenmore, check it out. Ooh, maybe we should mention, I know we've talked about this on the show before, but it's been a while. What is a straight stitch needle plate? Oh, good point. So a normal needle plate kind of has a wider opening so it can accommodate the needle going in in the middle. Or if you move your needle to the right or left, it still has an opening for it or a zigzag stitch. It can go back and forth, buttonholes, all sorts of stuff. A straight stitch throat plate is just a hole. So it only allows the needle to go down in the center position. It's smaller hole. And that just helps the fabric to stay more stable on top of that throat plate. The needle goes down, but there's not space for the fabric to go down with it. Yeah. Very cool. (laughs) Okay. So also hand basting is your friend. You can hand baste a whole sleeve. You can hand baste, you know, pretty much anything before you actually sew that stitch line. Hand basting is just going to help you to have that control that you need. Mm -hmm. It's even better than pinning. It holds things in place so well. And it gives you the opportunity to get all your seam lines lined up, everything precise, which if you're working with a fancier fabric, maybe it's a fancier project and you just want it to be that extra level of nice. Definitely. And I want to say to be mindful of areas cut on the bias. So for example, let's say you have an A-line skirt. That A-line on the on the sides, that A-line shape creates a bias in the fabric. So because it's kind of cut diagonally, that fabric is prone to stretching out because it's on the bias. So you want to sew from the bottom up in that case, not from the top down. So you're not going to sew from the waist to the hem. You're going to start at the hem and sew up towards the waistline. And that's going to help to kind of suck the fabric up versus stretching it down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, excellent point. And also stay stitching is your friend here as well to make sure those areas don't shift too much as you're working with them. Armholes, necklines, 
side seams. I mean, really, you could stay stitch the whole thing and you, <laughs> you would be doing yourself a favor. <laughs> yeah, it's true because those delicate fabrics just they don't have as much heft to them. So they're just more prone to stretching out and warping and kind of, you know, doing weird things. So you want to create as many security nets as you can when yes. you're sewing with delicate fabrics. <laughs> Also, when you're sewing, consider using a smaller stitch length or shorter stitch length. This can be important and is often mentioned in a pattern if the pattern recommends delicate fabrics. There might be something about a shorter stitch length. So you can actually just turn that down on your machine, do a little bit shorter, and your fabric's not having to move forward as much with each stitch. Mm -hmm. Just allows your machine to take it a little bit slower. Yeah, definitely. Back to the whole stay stitching thing. Let's say you're stay stitching a neckline. Mm Mm-hmm. Would you stay stitch from like one shoulder all the way around to the other shoulder? No. Definitely not. (laughs) You want to start at the shoulder point and meet in the middle. So you would stay stitch half of the neckline and then the other half. And again, that's going to prevent that fabric from stretching out and creating kind of a weird, not symmetrical curve when you're doing that stay stitching on a delicate fabric. Exactly. Thanks to Buffy for supporting Love to Sew. The Buffy Cloud Comforter is made out of eucalyptus, which uses 10 times less water than cotton to grow. And this ultra breathable fiber is produced using recyclable, earth-friendly solvents. Not only that, the inside fill of each Buffy comforter is actually made from 100% recycled water bottles. And every comforter keeps approximately 50 bottles out of landfills and oceans. That is pretty awesome. And are you a hot sleeper? I know that we both are. And Buffy has come to the rescue. Buffy comforters keep you at the perfect temperature all night long. We both have Buffy comforters on our beds. And I can tell you that we're sleeping better than we ever did with our old blankets. Don't believe us? Well, Buffy offers a free trial so you can take it home, try it on your own bed, and if you aren't in love, return it at no cost. Buffy also has a special offer for Love to Sew listeners. For $20 off your Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and enter promo code Love to Sew. That's Buffy.co, promo code Love to Sew for $20 off. And backstitching. You want to avoid backstitching with delicate fabrics because this could create a pucker at the edge of your fabric or your fabric could get sucked down into your machine. Backstitching just creates a bulkier spot as well, which might be noticeable on your delicate garment. So when you can, leave extra long thread tails and then hand knot them in place. If you're able to maybe even put a dab of fray check on there, make sure it doesn't affect your fabric before you do that. But that can be a handy way to just make sure that nothing's going to come undone. My machine has like a little thread locking or knotting function. So instead of taking a couple stitches forwards, back stitching, and then continuing to sew, I can hit that knot button and then it'll just like stitch in place a few times and Mm. it kind of knots the fabric and then I can keep going. The one thing that I would do in that case is hold the threads at the back so that I'm making sure that they're not getting sucked up into the machine, but it does work quite well um, in so that I'm avoiding that kind of bulk that happens with backstitching. Yeah. I think also if you can not so right to the edge, like in the case where you have a 5-8 seam allowance, or maybe you cut an even larger seam allowance for this project, just to give yourself a bit more wiggle room, then you have more fabric to work with. Because as soon as you get to the very edge of that delicate fabric, that's when the machine gets hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what about seam finishes? 
Well, I think French seams is a beautiful finish for delicate fabrics, especially if they're sheer, because you want to only see fabric and not see surging stitching or anything like that going on. Mm -hmm. This is such a great seam finish for delicate fabrics. And we talk a lot about seam finishes in episode 110. It's all about seam finishes. So go listen to that if you haven't already. I think surging can be an option as well, depending on the fabric that you're working with. I also think like a lovely bias binding in a matching fabric or like a contrast fabric would be really beautiful. I would just match the weight to the fabric. So if you're working with a chiffon, dare I say, make your own chiffon bias binding (gasps) to bind your seams. Like how beautiful would that be? Or if you're working with an organza, kind of a same deal, try to sort of match that weight. Because if you use one of those stiff cotton bindings that you can buy in a store, I don't think that that would really make the fabric drape the way that you want it to along those seam lines. Yeah, I agree. But you do want to do something. You don't want your delicate fabrics unraveling. Make sure that you're doing something to finish those seams so that you can wear it for years to come. It wouldn't be, I probably wouldn't do like a pinked finish on a chiffon. It would work, but I don't think that it would last. Yeah. Um, And we're all about lasting. Exactly. (laughs) You want your garments to last as long as possible, right? Yeah. And we've said this a bunch already, but we want to encourage you to use your hand sewing skills on your hems, your zippers, your closures. Maybe you're making a hand sewn thread loop. You can do a hand picked bias bound neckline. It can be so beautiful. You can even use a decorative thread, a metallic thread, an embroidery floss. You can really get creative with the hand sewing finishes. So just do some Googling, gather some research, some inspiration, and maybe you can add that to your next project. Definitely. Do you want to talk about the machine eating fabric situation? (laughs) Like, let's just take it head on. This is the thing that stops people in their tracks because they get all set up to sew and then they try to sew with their delicate fabrics and the machine just gobbles it up, rips it to shreds. Like it can get really nasty and it can be hard to get that nest out of there when oh, it happens. Oh, it's so scary when it's in there and you're like, how am I going to get this out? <laughs> it's happened to me so many times with so many fabrics, especially on my Kenmore loves to eat fabric. <laughs> so I've gotten so accustomed to holding my thread tails that now no matter what machine I'm sitting at, I always just hold them. It's just a habit of mine. And it's not a bad habit to have because a lot of machines have this issue. Yeah, that's a really, really good tip. So holding thread tails would be our first tip for preventing machine eating situations. Mm-hmm. You can also cut strips of tissue paper that can help a little bit if you place and pin the strip of tissue paper under the first inch or two of the seam. That's going to help to provide further traction so that delicate fabric won't sink down into the machine. You can tear away the paper from the seam when that stitching is done. So it's not going to be there at the end. Yeah, exactly. Another thing you can do is create a stitch starter. So a stitch starter is just a small piece of fabric, typically a few layers thicker than the actual fabric that you're working with can just be something out of your scrap bin. And you simply start sewing on that stitch starter. And as the needle gets close to the end of the starter, you put the real fabric, it's like kind of a bait and switch situation. (laughs) You put the real fabric under the presser foot to meet up with the starter, and then you just continue on to your real fabric and your machine's like oh I didn't see that coming (laughs) oh I guess this is okay I guess we can be friends You just surprise your machine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a super handy tip. I love doing that. Um, and again, with a larger seam allowance, you can just start a little bit further in from the edge of your fabric. Mm-hmm. So that can be an option as well. Definitely. 
All right. So we thought we would suggest some patterns that could work pretty well for delicate fabrics to give you guys a little bit of inspo. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one we're going to mention is the Pussy Bow Blouse by Sew Over It. Yeah. Really I think cute. A blouse with a tie front or something. Um, there was that Sew Twists and Ties challenge already this year. So lots of tie front inspo there but yeah a pussy bow blouse would just be so pretty in a delicate fabric definitely also the wilder gown from friday pattern co you and i both are like coveting that pattern and we have been for a while i'm currently stroking the fabric (laughs) that i want to make into a wilder gown. it's such a good choice too and i have also that fabric (laughs) is it gonna be like a who who got their first situation (laughs) oh no i never win at those ones (laughs) we could be matching yeah Um, no that would be absolutely stunning yeah tons of gathering happening i think that you could finish those edges of like the gathers with a binding or even a serger i think you wouldn't even notice because there's just so much volume in the dress but yeah and then the bow again it's just it's so great Mm -hmm. and in a sheer fabric layered over like a pair of jeans or something very cool very cool look also again from friday pattern coat the adriana dress that's got this beautiful, voluminously dramatic. dramatic. And the model in the photo shoot's wearing, I believe it's some kind of a satin. It's very shiny, mm-hmm. very beautiful. I think that's just a great dress for a special occasion, especially one where you get to eat a lot, like a Thanksgiving or something. <laughs> yeah. Because lots of volume in that one. Yeah. So I'm into it. Definitely. The Suki robe <gasps> from who? That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Helen, your Suki Row pattern is an awesome pattern for working with delicate fabrics. I think it doesn't have to be fully complicated. You can change up the um, like neckband to be just a straight neckband if you don't want to tackle that little corner detail. So you even have a hack on your blog for how to do that. So I think you can do a robe and make it simple or make it a little bit more complicated. And that would be a really cool project. Yeah, and layer it over things. Sylvia from the Ravel Out made a black, I'm not sure if it was organza, but it was sheer as like a beach cover up. Mm. We'll have to link that in the show notes because that was so pretty. So awesome. Um, the Ogden Cami or the Roscoe blouse from True Bias, especially the Ogden Cami, I feel like is a great option for smaller cuts of delicate fabric. Sometimes when we see these beautiful fabrics in stores, we pick them up, but we only get like a meter and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe two, you know, they're a little bit more expensive. You're not sure what you're going to do. So you like shy away from getting four yards. So the Ogden Cami is a great choice for those special fabrics. Yes. Also the Eloise dress from By Hen London. I mean, a lot of By Hen London patterns would be amazing for delicate fabrics. But this one in particular is a maxi dress. It has a beautiful gathered panel near the hem. It's got these long dramatic sleeves with more gathers happening around the sleeves and a really nice simple neckline that I could totally imagine a hand-picked binding around. I think it lends itself really well to those lovely kind of floral chiffon fabrics and silk satins. Oh, I love oh. this pattern. <laughs> <laughs> also the Ravine dress by Papercut Patterns. This was in their collection where they used a lot of sort of diagonal geometric shapes and they had a top and a dress that both use these lines and I think both of them would be amazing and delicate fabrics just really accentuating the beauty of that and this is one case where you definitely want to watch out for those bias cut areas yes definitely oh I'm looking at this pattern right now and it has this beautiful plunging back neckline mm-hmm. so gorgeous okay there's also the Erel blouse 
from Deer and Doe. This one is really lovely. It has some gathers around the sleeve hem. It has a lovely collar option. You can also go really casual with a t-shirt. So another great option if you don't have a ton of fabric. I think this one is really, really pretty and sweet. The Stella Raglan shirt by Named Patterns. Another great option with a beautiful little collar, raglan sleeve. Make it in like a satin or a silk voil. It would be just stunning. And then there's the Trina dress and blouse from Victory Patterns. This one has definite like wrap dress roby vibes but in this really beautiful ethereal way the photo shoot is like a beach photo shoot and she's wearing this satin light blue satin it's blowing in the wind and it just looks totally gorgeous so i think this would be a really great option for a satin fabric oh my gosh <laughs> cashmere has lots of patterns that are great with delicate fabrics the webster or the montrose um, both of them i think would be amazing in all sorts of fabrics she even shows them in like laces and sheer fabrics the webster looks like it's been done in some kind of lightweight silk or cotton mm-hmm. and it just drapes beautifully excellent option the webster is the one with the cross in the back right yeah oh, love that one and then there's the kennedy dress from seamwork that one has a lovely cinched in waist with a little tie and it's quite voluminous and in their photo shoot it's in a beautiful satin fabric as well Mm -hmm. i've seen a few gorgeous versions of the kennedy dress nice and simple i've made a couple myself i really like that dress yeah seamwork has lots of options and it's fun when you see pattern companies release something that's clearly intended for a more delicate fabric or a fancier fabric and they use that in the photo shoot so if you see a pattern out there that's been done in a sheer fabric or something that's a little bit more shiny super drapey then you know that that pattern is going to work well for that. There's also some really great options from the big four, particularly Vogue patterns. Mm -hmm. They do a lot of really beautiful, almost couture-like patterns with lots of gorgeous seam lines and really beautiful details. And I think you could find some really great options on the Vogue website. Yes. Another great place to look for fabric and pattern inspiration for delicate fabrics is the So Frosting hashtag. Yes, this hashtag really encourages us to use our good fabrics, our favorite fabrics, and to sew something a little bit more fancy, which doesn't always mean delicate. And it means different things to different people. But that's why it's so fun to look at the hashtag, see all the different interpretations. And there's lots of delicate fabrics being used. Yes, definitely. Okay, so let us know what your experience is like working with delicate fabrics. And if you have any tips or tricks to share, tag us in an Instagram story or post, send us a message, leave us a voicemail, email us, we want to hear from you. And we'll go through some feedback on the show sometime. I want the hot tips. Yeah, give me the hot tips. Only the best tips. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay, go forth and sew some delicate fabrics. Thanks to The Sewing Workshop for supporting Love to Sew. The Sewing Workshop creates their patterns and tutorials with sewists in mind. They support and challenge their customers to make for an enjoyable sewing experience every time. Love to Sew listeners can get 25% off patterns and fabrics by going to sewingworkshop.com and using discount code LOVETOSEW at checkout. Some exclusions apply.
That's it for today's episode of Love to Sew. You can find me, Helen, at helensclosetpatterns.com and Caroline at blackbirdfabrics.com. We're recording today in sunny Vancouver, Canada, and you can get in touch with us and get links for everything we talked about in this episode at lovetosewpodcast.com. If you're enjoying the show and you want to help us out, you can support us on Patreon. Contribute $5 or more a month and you'll get access to our bonus episodes every month. Contribute $10 or more a month and get a 15% off discount code for both of our shops and a bonus mini episode for Melanie. This month, she's talking all about adding embroidered embellishments to your clothes, something that she really loves to do. And so she's doing a mini episode all about how to do that. So go to patreon.com slash love to sew for more info. Thank you to our amazing podcast team, Sam Humphrey and the very creative Melanie Brister. And thank you all so much for listening. We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. That was weird. You say something. No. Oh. (laughs)